Hi! Welcome to the CGOB Sports Show podcast. On this episode, learn about the flag bear for Team Manitoba coming up at the Canada Winter Games. Alana L'Esperance of Winnipeg. Great ringette player. Plus, is ringette in trouble in Winnipeg? We'll talk to one person who thinks that more people, especially young people, need to sign up for the sport. Plus, the replay booth. Jeff Braun and I watch and review Talladega Nights, the Ballad of Ricky Bobby on the podcast. Over 200 young athletes from Manitoba heading to Red Deer this month for the Canada Winter Games. 19 sports, 46 coaches, and one flag bearer. And today we learned it will be 19-year-old ringette forward Elena L'Esperance of Winnipeg that will carry the flag at the opening ceremonies February 15th. I caught up with Elena earlier today at the Sport for Life Centre. When did you find out you were going to be the flag bearer? Sometime last week. <laughs> I can't remember the exact day. And how did that feel? It was very exciting. I didn't even feel real. Yeah. And uh, I guess, you nervous at all about carrying the flag out? I'm really nervous that I'm going to trip because I'm clumsy, but uh, other than that, I'm excited. I guess if you're skating with the flag, it would be better? I think so. <laughs> Skating's like walking to me. How long have you been playing ringette? For 15 years. Pretty much your whole life? Exactly, <laughs> yeah. So what is it about ringette that you'll enjoy so much? How fast it is, and it's not like any other sport I've ever played. Like I said, I've played any like other sports like soccer, hockey, football. So ringette's by far my favorite because it's so, so unique. For those who haven't maybe checked out ringette, why should they? Because it's an all-girls sport, and I don't find there's lots of those. And it's really growing in numbers. This year was actually the first year that had the most registration for girls in ringette. And there's so many opportunities with ringette, and I love it. <laughs> so that's why. In terms of playing as an adult, is there a lot of options there? Uh, yeah, there are. You can play, I played on Junior Team Canada, so you can play that again, which is under 21. As well, you can play on Senior Team Canada, which is a really good opportunity, and that one is unbelievable, and if you ever make that, it's like the best thing ever. <laughs> is Canada the best country when it comes to ringette, or where do we stack up? Canada, for juniors at least we were, because we won, but for the senior team, it's probably Finland, but they go head-to-head -head every year that they compete. Canada games-wise, is Manitoba going to win? I hope so, but I don't want to knock on wood on that one. <laughs> so you're a forward on a ringette team. What, describe what your role is like on the ice, because people kind of, I think, in their heads kind of compared to hockey, but it's really so much different. Well, okay, so for me, I'm a low forward. In ringette, you have a low forward and a high forward. And as a low forward, I'm what's really important in my role is I'm on the line communicating to the defense. Sometimes I have to play in the zone and be a defensive player. As well, it's really important as my role is to be back-checking all the way back to our zone and being there for my teammates. For those that might think it's like hockey, how is it different? Um... I think the skating is a lot different. The speed of the game is a lot faster because you're not worried so much on controlling the puck, whereas you have the ring like stuck on your stick, but that doesn't make it easier necessarily. It's a lot more mental game. Like You have to know where to pass the ring. It's a faster game. Um, yeah, that's mostly it. So the players that you're playing with in this tournament, are they players that you've played with for a long time? Uh, about half of the team I've played with for the past four years, but then the other half I played against them actually. So it's weird to actually have them on my team. I like it because they're all so strong, but playing with them and against them was so different. So how does that work then? Um, well, everyone comes from different teams, so then that's what I think makes our team so strong is everyone has different talents and was like brought up in their ring at career a different way, but then coming together and using all of those strengths and what everyone brings to the tables uh, makes the team stronger. 
So part of this experience then is not just playing on the ice, but the bonding off the ice, traveling a red deer? Oh, exactly. And like, it's like a second family. Like ringette is, I always tell my friends that uh, don't play ringette, that my ringette friends are second family to me. They see me in my worst and my best, and they are always there to support me. And the experiences that we've created together are um, things I'll keep with me for life. Been a red deer before? I have not, <laughs> but I'm excited to go in about a week. Well, best of luck and have fun. Thank you so much. It's Alana Lesperance, the flag bearer for Team Manitoba, the upcoming Canada Winter Games. I also talked to two of Alana's teammates today. Milan Rondo, Kelsey Gillen. So your teammate is the flag bearer. Uh, tell me about Alana. Uh, she is an amazing ringette player. Uh, definitely brings high energy. Um, just a role model for many people. So it's a good, good choice. Yeah, super good. She's an awesome athlete. She's not only good at ringette. She's good at like everything. She's one of those people that's just naturally. always, yeah, naturally, <laughs> naturally good at everything. So I'm excited for her. How about her off the ice? She's super energetic, very nice. Um, always has a positive attitude towards things. So, like, perfect choice for plague bearers. So. Yeah, she's not like she's good in school. She's good. She's like really nice. Like she's just a great person all around. Southwest Winnipeg Ringette Association is holding an event on the river this month, hoping to draw more people to their sport. On the line with me is Sophie Davis, the Director of Publicity and Communications for the SWRA. Sophie, how would you assess the state of ringette in our city right now? So right now, um, ringette registrations have been significantly declining in Winnipeg. Um, I know, especially, especially the younger years. We have lots of teams at the older ages because girls are continuing to play. Um, but in the past few years, we've had only one or two teams at the youngest age level, which is a big decline from when I was younger and was playing. And why do you think that is? Um, I think it's because a lot of people are going to hockey is the biggest um, and other sports as well. And um, I think people just don't know about the sport is the biggest thing. And that, that's why, as an association, we're trying to spread the word. Because the more people that hear about our sport, are, the more people are going to start playing it and love it as well. One of the big reasons why hockey, women's hockey especially, is growing so much is because it has the platform with the World Championships being on major television. The Olympics certainly helped that. Would Ringette getting into the Olympics help the cause a lot? Oh, yeah, I think it definitely would. Um, I think that a lot of people, especially the younger, and many dads will see that hockey is the way to go because that's the way you're going to get up to really high levels as well. And um, But players who are playing yet and playing it competitively see that there is places you can go within Ringette as well. And they love the sport for what it is. But it would definitely be amazing if Ringette was in the Olympics. And I know there is a National Ringette League, but I am a sports junkie and I've done a lot of Ringette stories before. And I'm pretty positive that the majority of people have no idea that there is a National League. No, yeah, that is definitely the case. Um, we have one national team here in Winnipeg, the Manitoba Intact. Um, and But when I was younger, we had two teams, and then they went away, and now they've come back. But we definitely want to get more people going out to those games because they're very fast, super fun, and competitive, and I think it really helps to showcase our sport. So for those who may not know, and I ask this every time I do a ringette story because I figure the audience that's hearing this maybe hasn't heard it before, but explain how ringette, some of the rules, are different from hockey. Um, so the biggest difference is that it's all based on team. 
And um, in the game of ringette, you have a stick that has no blade on the end, and you're playing with a ring. And you have to pass over every blue line, um, meaning you have to have at least like two or three passes before you can get a goal, which really helps include everyone in the sport. Um, it's non-contact, although at some of the higher levels, you can get a bit rough, but it's intended to be a safe and fun competitive sport. And the other big difference is that it's played pretty much only by women. Um, yeah. And then the other big thing is that it's a possession sport. And um, you're able to have a lot more control of the ring versus in hockey when you're just passing the puck because in ring it, you have your stick in the ring. And, um, yeah, it gives you a lot more control. Canada is one of the best countries when it comes to ring edges because we're good at a lot of winter sports. Internationally, is this a sport that's also declining or is other, are other countries picking up on it? Do you know? Um, I believe that it's actually picking up internationally. And across Canada, registrations have actually, are actually at an um, all-time high this year. Um, and I know it's very big in Finland and in the Swedish uh, countries and stuff. Um, but I think last I heard, it was about 11 countries that it was played in across the world. Okay. Earlier in the show, uh, people will hear an inter- would have heard an interview about Ringette with some players going to the Canada Summer or Canada Winter Games from Team Manitoba. And I know yeah. that they're some of the best Ringette players we have in the country. But how do we get more players like them? These are, you know, 19, 18-year-olds. How do we get more people at the younger, younger ages to play Ringette? Um, I think that we need to bring awareness to the sport and um, encourage young families and young kids to see that there is other options other than hockey when it comes to a fun winter sport. Um, And that, yeah, I think that's the biggest thing. That's why we're hosting this event right on the river is to try and introduce some of these young families to the sport. I'll get to that in just a moment. I'm just curious, is the cost of ringette less than hockey? Um... I'm not sure what the cost is, actually. It's probably about the same, but it can depend on, depending on the level you're playing at. If you're playing at a higher level um, competitively, then you'll have a lot more practices. But Yeah, you need to pay for ice, obviously. Yeah. 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 Okay. <laughs> so, yeah, coming up on uh, February 17th, something called Ringette on the River. Tell me more about that. Yes. So, um, this will be the second year we're hosting Ringette on the River. Um, it was the idea came to one of our organizers' minds last year, uh, Lori Lafont, and she thought that what if we use, uh, Rant Manitoba does these come try events every year? And she thought, why don't we do something similar, but on the river at the Forks, so we can um, reach a broader group of people and try and it just it's a fun event. It's during the days outside. Um, we'll have exhibition games going on with some of our other teams so that people can come and see, um, what, watch the sport, see what it's all about. And then we'll, at the same time, they'll also be able to go on the ice and try playing themselves. And this is for, you don't have to be a young girl. You could be a 50-year-old man and come and try it out. No, of course. It's open to every age. Um, within the city of we have a youth leagues, and we also have adult leagues and um, women's leagues as well. So it's open to everyone. So this is on a Sunday. Is there like a, a specific time of day that it starts? Yes. Yeah, so it is on Sunday, February 17th, and it is running from 10 a.m. to 1 p.m. Okay, perfect. Sophie, well, I appreciate your time joining me tonight, and uh, best of luck at this event. Maybe you'll see me out there. Awesome. Thank you very much. Every other Tuesday, Jeff Braun and I, he's morning anchor, 
here on CGOB. Also doubles as the co-host of the Couch Potatoes every week with Brett McGarry. We review a sports movie tonight. Talladega Nights. Ballad of Ricky Bobby. So most of the movies we've watched, there's been pretty serious movies, not a lot of comedies. We saw Slapshot, we saw Major League. At least there was some semblance of a quasi-realistic story in those. Yeah, they're it's, silly, but they still have to keep it serious when it comes to the sporting of it all. And the big game at the end, especially in Major League. In Talladega Nights, that is not the case. Oh, no. It's just absolutely ridiculous every corner of this film. NASCAR signed off on it, which oh. blows my mind because all this thing does is make fun, fun of NASCAR culture. And it's apparently not far off. <laughs> it doesn't seem like it's far off. And if they made it today, it would be the same movie, except people would be wearing Make America Great Again hats. That's true. And so Will Ferrell, if you haven't seen it, is a race car driver. He starts off as when he's a kid and his dad kind of leaves, but he leaves him with this message of, if you ain't first, you're last. You got the gift. Always remember, if you ain't first, you're last. <laughs> And so it follows his progression from pit guy to racing star that just loves money. He's got this bimbo wife, two awful children. Those kids are, it's a very funny Walker movie. Walker and Texas Ranger. Those kids may be my favorite part. <laughs> How much are you selling that weed for, old man? <laughs> my friends and I skipped school, and we came this close to rob at a bank. I flushed Grandpa's wallet down the toilet. The parents encourage it. There's long grace scene where he talks about in baby jesus and there's an argument over what age is jesus that they're praying to that's amazing your tiny jesus and your golden fleece diapers with your tiny little fat balled up fist pawing he was a man he had a beard look i like the baby version the best do you hear me i win the races and i get the money and i like john c riley is uh he pictures Jesus as uh, singing lead vocals with leonard skinner or whatever <laughs> of course and he goes i'm in the front row and i'm hammered drunk this is at Graced with the Kids. So John C. Riley plays Cal Naughton Jr., who is his uh, best friend and eventual rival. Great character name, Cal Naughton Jr., and it's also uh, it's the first teaming up of John C. Riley and Will Ferrell. And it was really John C. Riley's first comedic role, or major one anyways, because we always thought he had been a dramatic actor up until then. And people were, it blew our minds when it was like, He's in a Will Fit like not even just he's in a, like a romantic comedy or something. He's in a, one of these really stupid Will Ferrell comedies, and he's just hilarious in it. He does he does dumb guy better than Will Ferrell does. See, and people of my age or younger probably look at John C. Riley and can't picture him as anything but a guy yeah. in a Will Ferrell stepbrothers walk hard kind of role, right? Yeah, but he was no, he was in these Paul Thomas Anderson movies, his Boogie Nights, which. Has comedic elements to it or whatever. He's mm -hmm. in Gangs of New York from Scorsese, stuff like that. So it was it was a my, uh, eye opener when he came along, and it just shows what a great actor he is that he can do this sort of stuff. The key conflict comes when French Borat, Sasha Baron Cohen, comes in <laughs> as the rival from Formula E. For, that Formula E uh, makes me laugh outside <laughs> every time. And I am a racing car driver just like you, except I am from Formula E. And then he says, you know what, if... You just say, I love crepes, I will not break your arm. <laughs> and then they t eventually talk about, oh, those are good. And then he doesn't do it, and then he gets his arm broken. I had a whole mess of crepes this morning. They're just like pancakes, maybe even better. Wait, are they the really thin pancakes? Yeah. Yes, they are. They are the really thin pancakes. It's just a French word for them. Oh, my God, I love Whatever those. Whatever syrups you want on them and stuff. I'm just saying, think about it. They come with cheese sometimes? Oh, yes, yeah, of course, fromage crepe. Well, why didn't someone yell at it right, right away? Their injuries have no repercussions in this film. Nope. 
Uh, and uh, Ricky Bobby's stay at the hospital. That's one of my favorite scenes, too, is there's nothing wrong with him, but he thinks he can't walk. And then he stabs and himself in the leg. To prove it. And then he just walks out of the hospital after stabbing so, himself yeah, in the leg. And none of this has anything to do with the sports. Was, no. But when it does come to the sports, the racing looks really good. It does. The, and the slingshot technique, I don't know how realistic that is, how much the drafting and aerodynamics is involved, and in, if that's a realistic There's thing. drafting, I know that. Yeah, oh, yeah. for sure, but the idea that that slingshot could actually do something. Yeah, I don't know either. Um, I looked it up. The budget was $72 million, which for a comedy is unheard of. Right. Because uh, uh, by comparison, the Anchorman budget was um, th- it was only like $25 million, So Some of the CGI times. in the racing doesn't look great, but you got to remember, this movie's like 16 years old now. Yeah, it's old. The, it's pr- the profile of Sasha Baron Cohen's character, uh, where he's at his <laughs> estate with his husband played mm-hmm. by Andy Richter, and the horses are also gay. <laughs> that made me laugh out loud. <laughs> Before each race, Jean Girard spends time with his world-class horses, who are also gay. Jean's days are filled with sun-drenched walks with his beloved husband, Gregory. Though Gregory is no stay-at-home spouse, he's a world-class trainer of German shepherds. Jean Girard sitting on the pole, and of course that is a statement of fact and not a reference to his sexual orientation. It's just so many stupid little jokes. Yeah, that was good stuff, though. I mean, uh, from that moment in time where, like, if you go five years before that, it would have been, like, gay panic jokes would have been much worse. And right. today they probably don't make any mm. just to be on the safe side. And this is in that... That area where the it's just starting to shift, and you could sort of sense that just in the way that they play it, that it's not the gayness of it isn't the jokes per se. It's like there's all sorts of just general silliness that goes with all of it. So right. that's more of the joke than the gay stuff. Yeah, and you look at how Americans were uncomfortable with the gay yeah. stuff, and it's like, well, that's kind of right. <laughs> Uh, but again, that's another reason why I was like, I couldn't believe NASCAR signed off on it. Right. Uh, the Fig Newton sticker on the windshield, he's like, this is irresponsible, but I I love Fig Newtons. <laughs> there was Bird Box before Bird Box, where he tries <laughs> yeah. to drive with the blindfold on. And then Ricky Bobby gets in a crash, he goes crazy, and then his wife leaves him for Cal in like a, a couple hours, and then there's this awesome scene where he shows up at home. Hey, what happened to the family portrait? You just crudely pasted your face over mine. We're getting married, Ricky. And we're getting matching leprechaun tattoos. Isn't that cute? A little pot of gold. Is this some kind of joke? You guys put me on? I was gone three hours. Ends up back home. His dad teaches him how to drive again. There's a cougar in the car. It's just all so silly. It's very silly. Some of it's a little clunky. Like uh, The Amy Adams love story that's, who becomes his eventual girlfriend. She's like gone for like 45 minutes yeah, in the middle right. of the movie. It's like, oh, that's right. She's still in this. It was weird. So um, what was the other thing I wrote? Down? Oh, it's also it's made by Adam McKay, who, by the way, is... Oscar nominated. He's yeah, all, he's he did won Vice. An, he yeah. won an Oscar for big the Big Short, and now he's nominated for Vice as yeah. well. So it's weird to think it's like, oh, that's right. He used to do these Will Ferrell movies. <laughs> uh, the super long crash that cuts the commercial midway through. The connection with Applebee's. <laughs> were those? Do you know the NASCAR announcers at all? Were those? The, yeah. Those must have been the real. Those were real yeah. announcers. Yeah. Uh, I, all I. The only thing I recognized was. Uh, Junior there, Dale okay. Earnhardt. No, those were the real announcers. Yeah. And then I love how right at the end, the, they run across the finish line. Ricky Bobby wins. You'll never see anything like that in a hundred lifetimes. It was completely illegal and in no way will count, but man, that was something. It was a good ending. It's a fun, exciting yeah. It's like, hey, we got a big race at the end, so why not? All right. So, uh, and the end reel of endorsements was hilarious. What's the that? fake endorsements? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Hey, I'm Ricky Bobby. I've searched all over the world for a realistic tasting prune candy. Now I finally found it. Quing Long Zhu. 
the Cadillacs of prune candy. And uh, when John C. Riley, when they split up and he becomes his own guy and he comes up with his own nickname with the Magic Man, and he comes out of the 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 thing for the intro or whatever, and he mimes that he's coming out of a, a door or whatever, <laughs> that, that blows my mind. And then when he, he says Abracadabra Holmes is when he's telling them <laughs> off, that makes me laugh every time. That's my favorite part. Abracadabra Holmes. It's a good, stupid movie. It's not long. It's, you know, an hour 45. Yeah, it's on Netflix. It's easy fun. It's the first movie we've watched that's actually on Netflix. Yeah. So uh, what's our what's our overall thoughts? Okay. What are there, 500 laps in the race? <laughs> I, I give it uh, 387 out of 500 laps. I will give it 6.5 awkward French accents out of 5. <laughs> or out of, out of 5, out of 10. Ricky Booby. Formula 1. Check out the CJOB Sports Show weeknights from 7 to 9 p.m. with Christian O'Mell and the Sports Show Podcast. Not available on iTunes, not available on Google Podcasts, not available anywhere you get your favorite podcasts. Yes.